Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 98. Getting there. I know, we're getting very close. And this episode definitely teases the next one. Yeah, it definitely does. I'm Nick alongside Emily. Hello. Emily, do you remember what we what it is we do here? You want to just go back to the old form? Do you remember what it is we do here? It's more or less. Try it. We need to write this down. No, the fact that we can't remember it means it's not all that good. It's just trying too hard, I think. We examine the imminent extinction of WCW. But Emily, what is it we used to do here? <laughs> well, Nick, we take a week-by-week look at the downfall of WCW through the year 2000. Yeah, and we used to do it through the 90s. Yes, and we used to call it the slow but inevitable downfall, but now it's just the downfall. It's funny, I was thinking, at, like, at the end of all this, we need to do, like, a whodunit episode of... Who really killed WCW? <laughs> and the more I think about that, I'm like, man, I don't have an answer. It's, I mean, it's can, everybody. Yeah. It's literally the murder on the Orient Express of you all did it. Well, that'll be the episode. We'll go through all of the culprits and give the reasonings. That'll be the episode. Uh, or Okay. Is it more murder on the Orient Express where everybody kills the same guy? Or is it more the one ending of Clue where they all did it? That one. But you're wondering who killed Mr. Body. It was me in the hall with the revolver. <laughs> No, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Best ending line of a movie ever. It is. We're not here talking about Clue. What if I make you watch Clue for the Patreon? I'd be fine with that. I like Clue. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, what's what's the loosest wrestling tie we can do? Um, Was anybody in that movie in RoboCop? Because then then, then we're golden. Tim Curry was in Home Alone 2 with Donald Trump, who is a WWE Hall of Famer. (laughs) There's the tie. We're going to go through Donald Trump, and I'm making you watch WrestleMania 23. <laughs> Isn't a bad show, honestly. No, but you've made me watch that match multiple times. Have I? Yeah. The hair versus hair? Yeah. Yeah, we've watched that multiple times. I'm sure there are reasons. I think one of them was you trying to get me to like Bobby Lashley. <laughs> and it just doesn't work. Every time yeah. you try, I just, yes. I'm not there. Emily, you should like Bobby Lashley. Watch him be the reason that Trump's not bald. Well, you were probably just like trying to show me a bunch of his matches and well, you're it was like, that oh, or the extreme elimination match. chamber and I didn't think that one was going to well, do it for you <laughs> still didn't work not a huge fan wait you're telling me that didn't get Bobby Lashley over his baby face it did not at least not to me I know a lot of people love him and he is a face they, they have basically shifted it because he was a heel and people were like no he's cool it's like he's him with the street profits like you know these guys are cool oh, I don't yeah, want to boo like them the street yeah Remember, we went to the house show and no one was booing any of them. It's like, well. <laughs> not a heel. I like the Street. I will never boo the Street Profits, though. I love them. But we're not here to talk about the house show or the Street Profits. We're talking about. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this episode of Nitro. It's a filler. But we're here to talk about the April 24th, 2000 WW Monday Nitro live from Rochester, New York. I will say about this episode that it is kind of historic in its own right. Because of who is part of it. Mm, this isn't the one, though. No? Is it the next one? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, this is the start. Yeah, but he, so Emily's talking about David Arquette, who has been occasionally showing up at basically every show. He's been in the crowd, yeah. Yeah, but they're having him fly out. I wonder if he's still like on a press contract for Ready to Rumble. He's getting paid for this, but we'll talk about that at a later date. For whatever reason... Viewership on both shows is up this week. Both shows being Nitro and Raw? Yeah. Oh. Raw's up from a 6-7 to a 7-1. Oh, shit. And Nitro's up from a 2-5 to a 3-1, so just... Damn, that's a pretty significant jump. Yeah, more people watching wrestling this week. Good. I wonder if, like, a a season of a show ended so that people are like, oh, we don't have anything to watch on Mondays anymore. Yeah, I mean, we're firmly past football territory at this point, so... So let's get into this show. Unfortunately, because of lack of interest in the product, there's just less and less back backstage notes these days. Yeah, I kind of I kind of foresaw that coming. The only thing I had was apparently Sting did talk to Brett last week about the repelling into the ring. Yeah, I didn't see anything about the fact that he dropped really quick, but maybe he didn't drop quickly. Maybe it was just us seeing that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Based on how long he takes to get out of the, the harness this week, I'm like, yeah, something went wrong last week. Maybe. But Brett okayed it as long as Sting felt safe doing it. Okay. Which, again, makes me question. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what is what is Brett supposed to say? You know, like, I mean, he, could he say doesn't no. have creative control. No, but 
I mean, I don't know what Brett's doing at this point. Yeah, I don't know. He's not here tonight, by the way. He's not. He's not on this show. I didn't they advertise an interview for Thunder, which is and funny. I was going to watch that, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, we're reviewing Thunder. Yeah, that's the next episode, guys. Can't wait. wonder why we're reviewing Thunder. It's so, so weird. Excited. Can't you tell how excited I am? So this Nitro opens with a recap of last Nitro, and then the short Nitro intro. We then cut to Sting and Vampiro brawling backstage. Like, very quickly. Like, there's no introduction to this. It's just like... Bleh, they're fighting. Do you say bleh because bleh. one of them's a vampire? Bleh. <laughs> it's oh, different it's different, tone. sorry. Yeah. So Sting basically beats down Vampiro and then goes to walk away, and Vampiro then hits him with a pipe into gorilla position, where we randomly see Bam Bam Bigelow. I don't I don't know if you got a giggle out of this, but I did. The pipes that they're hitting each other with, they are pipe and drape pipes. They have a very specific sound that they make when they're all like falling together. So working in events, I know that sound very well. Like I know you've set up pipe and drape a jillion times. So two notes on this. One, I think the pipe he hit him with at the end was not a pipe and drape pipe. I think it, well, the one that they were like falling oh, when into they were backstage was. Two, did you know that they deliberately set those up like that in places because it, it's a good sound. I figured. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good sound. I forget who revealed this in the last couple of years, but it was literally like, oh, no, 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 they do that because it's, you yeah. know, creates like a commotion. I mean, it makes a lot of noise. Yeah. I hate pipe and drape pipe because they're so noisy. I just hate the drape. I do hate setting to up To fold your drape? Fuck you. I never hated the folding. I hated the putting it on the pole. That was the worst part for me. This is the least relatable conversation to people who have never worked in the event space. <laughs> There's no pipe and drape sucks, and it's stupid. Fuck pipe and drape. We then get the opening pyro, and commentary claims that they don't know who Bret Hart hit last week, so we'll have to see the clip. But I'm like, you were there at ringside! Yeah, they can't really, like, pretend that the people who were in the arena don't know who he hit. Oh, they've done that before. I'm forgetting for what, but they were like... Oh, we have this footage of like what happened during a commercial break or something. And I'm like, Tony, you were sitting there. <laughs> but let's move into our first match. The reason we saw Bam Bam Bigelow Gorilla is because he's in our next match. It's for the hardcore title. It's Terry Funk versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Another thing that made me giggle. Yes, we saw him in gorilla position, but we also saw him just like walking behind the brawl. Like, as they're throwing each other into said pipe and drape, Bam Bam's just walking behind them like, that's none of my business. Yeah, Bam Bam really, really clearly shoot was not ready for them to this brawl to enter here. No, he was like, I, I'm going to the arena. I'm not even going to make eye contact. Not my business. The Terry Funk makes his entrance. Bam Bam blindsides Funk and then hits some weapon shots until the cat runs out and attacks Bam Bam Bigelow. Funk hits chair shots as the cat kind of heads up the ramp, but is still hanging around. Yeah, he does one hit that has, like, no effect, and then he leaves and goes and, like, jaws up the ramp and, like, has some shit to say, whatever, but the match keeps going. What he did had zero effect. This is where you do a Pokemon joke, if you had thought about it. Well, I was more focused on Bam Bam, you know, having a match, Scott Hudson why is Bam Bam Bigelow doing this? Is he doing it as a favor? For, it's a hardcore it's a title match. match. No, last week is when he kept coming out for no reason. Yeah. That's when you should have been questioning it. Not when he has a sanctioned match. Yeah. In a division that he is actively in. What? It's like, why is he being so vicious? It's a hardcore title it's match. It's a hardcore match for the title. What do you mean? Scott Hudson's kind of stupid. Bam Bam puts a can over Funk and hits it with a chair. I always love that spot. I think it's like just silly enough where you just like a trash can with legs. I don't know. I think it's funny. <laughs> the cat then gets in the ring and hits like a cartwheel kick into the chair into Bam Bam Bigelow. All the shit that I talk about the cat, this was a cool move. I actually like this. Funk then falls like back first onto Bigelow and Funk gets the pin. <laughs> so he retains the belt. The cat then wants his music played so he can dance. Of course he does. Uh, like I said, he can dance like Terry Funk was like, oh, well, you know, he does some square dance after he wins. <laughs> what an unhinged start to this chaotic show. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I've not made my mind up about the show coming into it. No, I, st- I stand by that I think it's filler. It's like a, a means to an end, really. <laughs> There's a WWE title match as part of that this. doesn't matter and you know it. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those I wish this has gone longer. A little bit, yeah. This could have had a little bit of breathing room. 
Yeah, we like the hardcore stuff because it's, yeah, it's kind of dumb and mindless, and it's not—it's it not trying to be something it's not. Right. We then get Tony Schiavone, Scott Hudson, and Mark Madden checking in and talking Hulk Hogan. We then throw a clip to uh, Bret Hart's decision last week, dun, dun, dun. and we reveal that he hit Hulk Hogan with the chair. What? And Lisworth. for a short, for kind of a short chair shot, he fucking whacked him. I wonder if there's a little bit of actual aggression in that. Yeah, Bret Hart remembers 1993. <laughs> Never forget, You're not in brother. my league, brother. <laughs> then get Billy Kidman coming to the ring with Tori and his ribs are taped. I, okay, I know that this is probably real. Like when you have like a broken rib or something, they tape up your ribs. I don't know. It looks so fake. In this setting, it yeah, looks the, so the, fake. When you get stretchered out for a dumpster being hit with a car repeatedly, him just being like, ouchie. My <laughs> like, tummy, ow. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably because he also covers the tummy. Like, yeah. oh. oh, my belly hurts. My <laughs> tummy hurts, but I'm being really brave about it. <laughs> Next time you get a tummy ache, I'm going to tape your, tape your ribs up. You should do that. So Kidman grabs a mic. He calls Hogan a coward for using the White Hummer. And then... <laughs> I laugh my ass at that. It's like, you coward using a car. <laughs> and then just drops the Terry. Kidman says that if the fans want to see the red and yellow, Hulk can bring the yellow and Kidman will supply the red. Your blood. In case he didn't get it. Which then, Hogan's still supplying it then. Correct. You're delivering it. Correct. That last bit of your blood is like, you know how jokes are funnier when you explain them? Yeah. <laughs> That was not necessary, William. Kidman then says he'll start it tonight and finish it at Slambury. There we go. We have a match for Slambury. Woo! Well, kind of, because then we see Eric Bischoff, Kimberly, and Jeff Jarrett arriving, and Bischoff's like, what's Kidman doing in the ring? Completely unaware of this. Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't really get that. Just stand by. Who's, if, if management's running, is running late, who's running the show? The production assistants. <laughs> <laughs> you got some, like, Red Bull high 21-year-old kid like, fuck it, we're going live! They also talk about like who has the papers or something because they're going to go to the ring later. Yes. But we go elsewhere backstage and confirmed New Blood member Norman Smiley asked Vince Russo for another title shot. So based on what we were saying last time, it's like, oh no, I guess Norman Smiley is New Blood. I guess. I guess he makes, he doesn't make sense necessarily, but like, fucking whatever. He's not a millionaire. He's not a millionaire, but he's also not like... Booker T or Scott Steiner where it never really made sense for him to be in that division. So I fucking whatever. I don't care. So Russo books Norman and a, and a mystery partner against Terry Funk at Slambury and Norman knows exactly who to pick. Tell me why this couldn't be a singles match. Uh, to even the playing field. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, this didn't make any sense because they're like, oh yeah, you can have a match, but it'll be a tag match. Like, why can't this just be a one-on-one? Okay, Emily, I don't know if it's next week or at Slambury where the partner's revealed, but you're going to not care about the weird element of this. Oh my God, tell me it's the kiss demon. <laughs> no, not here tonight though. Where is he? I don't know. He comes back. We, we haven't about seen him in a while. Oh, I, um, speaking of people we haven't seen in a while, I have some news for you. Some news? Are we getting married again? Yes. Um, we have seen someone on the podcast for the last time, and we didn't even know it at oh, the time. Oh, no. But no, not the Kiss Demon. No, you're going to be happy about this. Hmm. Lane and Rave will really? no longer be appearing on WWE television. Lenny and Lodi <laughs> and Lane and Rave and Lane and Idol. They're gone? They're gone. Yes. That's wonderful news. I was looking at backstage notes. I saw something of like, I think it's a little bit from now, but like, oh, going through releases and it's like, oh yeah, like they've been gone and oh. They've been gone. Good. I don't feel the need to do a whole goodbye for them, but. Nope. Goodbye, Lenny and Lane and Lodi and Lad. And You'll never know who they were. Nope. Never did. Uh, you're going to be so mad when I make you watch other promotions where they show back up. They're going to show up in TNA somehow. I don't think so. I don't know, man. I could be wrong, but I don't Everybody's know. Everybody's there. Go over to our Patreon to see who else is fucking there because everybody's there. So anyway, moving on, we get Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff coming out to the ring and then, oh, Kimberly appears on the side for some reason. Well, she is, you know, doinkin' bish, so. But why did she come out from the side and they both came down the ramp? That I don't know. They're bringing papers to the ring. And yes, it's, she has papers. It's very uh, vague what these papers are. Did you get this immediately? No. Oh, okay. Wow. I, I immediately, it's, it's divorce papers, clearly. I ate the divorce papers. I ate them. 
with ketchup. You don't know this monologue? Every fucking theater kid that was trying to be edgy did the I ate the divorce papers monologue. I have no idea what this is. Oh my God. Okay. Is it from something? I don't know. It's on monologues.com. It's one of the like top ones for women's monologues. I don't know. Do you want to search? Sure. <laughs> it's like a running joke that people who did theater in high school have done the I ate the divorce papers monologue. Wait, why does it say it's a comedic monologue? <laughs> that's what comes up when you search women's monologue i guess comedic monologue from the play goodbye charles by gabriel davis <laughs> not i assume not the uh buffalo bills receiver probably probably not i don't know you never know everybody's got hobbies anyway they just keep saying the papers and not actually making any guesses so i'm like what other thing is called the papers they could be suing him but I feel like, like you wouldn't say the papers. The fact that it's like divorce papers is a phrase. So like you're just dancing around that. Maybe. But you feel like you've been served, you know? Yeah, I just feel like the wording was so specific that I'm like, it's going to be this and nothing else. I don't know. I didn't see it as like an obvious. It could have been a like you're fired contract something. It, it could have been other things. The divorce paper does seem pretty obvious, but it wasn't yeah. obvious like right off the bat to me at least. We see David Arquette at ringside, and they push the movie again because it's doing so well. Obviously. Jeff Jarrett says he's going to beat DDP's ass at Slambury and then neglect it like DDP neglected Kimberly. What? You know, he never came off as a neglectful husband. Maybe he came off as controlling, but that's like the opposite of neglect, isn't it? I thought you were going to say, you know, he never, as in Jeff Jarrett, came off like a star here. Because Jeff Jarrett is like the seventh most important person on this show as the world champion. Which is pretty wild. No, but I would never think of DDP as like a... a Sorry, don't you mean DD me? (sighs) Well, Bischoff tells DDP to come out to the ring. Did you find it super weird that Bischoff is the only one with a lav mic? I, I guess my brain didn't actually pick up on it, but I, I like didn't notice it, but I, my brain did hear that something was weirdly mic'd. So it was super weird because Eric Bischoff had a lavalier mic on his collar, and he started cutting his promo and calling DDP to the ring, and Jeff Jarrett like very subtly tries to hand him his microphone, because like, hey, you don't have a fucking mic, you're not talking. And he just, like, Eric Bischoff just, like, pushes it away. And then the mic kind of, like, catches in the system. It was so weird. He's the only one with a lot, with a lot of mic. It's weird. I think you're going to ask me, do you th- did you also find it weird that after last week coming out in a Soprano shirt, DDP comes out this week in an Albert Einstein shirt? Nope, didn't even consider that when I was more focused on the microphones. Which is weird, because, like, usually it's the opposite. You're focused on the production side, and I'm focused on the fashion. Kimberly says that she's in the driver's seat now, and Eric Bischoff has enlightened her to a lot, and you're all marks. She drops the M word. Wrestling marks. God. First of all, she calls it wrestling. Then she calls them all marks. Wow. She she wants out of this marriage and wants a divorce. And I'm I'm like, it's no Vince McMahon delivery of that. (laughs) Do you want to do your impression? No, I I can't get there. DDP is like, are you crazy? I like, let's try to work this out. We're fucking married. Yeah, like, let's not do this here. Like, what the fuck? He's like, I don't want to just walk away from this. I'd like to make this work with my wife. Well, then he, you know, kind of undercuts that and calls her a super bitch. <laughs> it is after she tells him to just be positive. Oh, that was pretty dig. Like, I that was rough. Eric Bischoff's like, let's not get the lawyers involved. With a massive smile on his which face, which is basically too. Like, code for call your lawyer at any point. <laughs> Someone ever says, let's not get lawyers involved. That is code get your for lawyer on your phone. Yeah. The only time I think we've actually had that moment is when we got rear-ended. There was no damage, and it's like, it's fine, dude. Just, just go. That was weird. <laughs> that was fucking weird. The Mother's Day. That was on Mother's Day. I thought about that today, actually. DDP says he'll sign the papers right after he shoves them down Eric Bischoff's throat nice. and goes to attack Bischoff, so Jeff Jarrett hits DDP with his guitar. David Arquette then runs in and attacks Eric Bischoff from behind. Jarrett then corners Arquette, so Canyon makes the save. That seems to be his only thing now, is running down into the ring to make saves. Hey, we're getting the Jersey Boys back together. I'll take it. The heels go up the ramp, and Eric Bischoff realizes it was David Arquette who hit him and, and is, like, incensed. He's like... David Arquette? Mr. Courtney Cox? Like, that's the big insult. 
She's on Next Nitro. Is she? Yeah. I was kind of, so I was kind of thinking about it. Like he she's not in the arena tonight. And spoilers, David Arquette has a match on this card. His first match in a WCW ring. If my husband was like debuting in this like dream of his, I'd fucking be there. She's shooting uh Friends. some El- no, uh some Elvis movie. Elvis movie? Some something Graceland. I have no idea. Because her and Kurt Russell appear in a pre-tape next week. Oh. I don't know. I would do everything I can to be there. I don't know. That sucks. I mean, she has to be backstage. Who knows? That's that. She's right. She could be. She very well could be. I hope she is. Because it's also one of those things of you don't want to put David Arquette next to a a bigger star. Yeah. (laughs) And this is 2000. Like, Friends is the show. So Eric Bischoff challenges David Arquette to a fight. And Arquette agrees. And what does he say he's going to do, Emily? He's going to 1-800-KICK-YOUR-BUTT. Yeah, apparently he was the spokesman for like 1-800-COLLECT or some shit. Awful. Then David Arquette adds that if he wins, DDP gets a title match tonight in the cage. What cage? Yeah, there's no cage. Not that we can see, at least. We do get a shot of it later, very way up there, but no, like... It, it doesn't seem to be obvious to the audience, so how the fuck did he know there was a cage? I don't know. But Eric Bischoff agrees in the heat of the moment, and Jeff Jarrett is not happy. Yeah, I mean... So, we have at least one match slet- slated for later. Potentially two. Potentially. I don't know how far this whole Kimberly thing goes, but... <sighs> oh, yeah, it has run its course. At this point, the story is kind of over. Yeah, I, like, I don't know where she can go from here, ironically. No. So DDP can get a title match later tonight, and uh, we cut to somebody else wanting a title match. It's Chronic! Oh, God, it's Chronic. Chronic, 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 Chronic. <laughs> it's like a Pokemon. Chronic, 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 Chronic. They, so yeah, they once again want a title shot. Vince Russo agrees, but they have to do him a favor first. We then get Jeff Jarrett and, and Eric Bischoff arguing backstage, and, and Bischoff tells Jarrett to go get Kidman. Sting is looking for Vampiro, and then we move into our second match of the night. It is Chris Candido. I didn't realize this was a tag team match at first, but it is. His partner is Tammy Lynn Sitch. Tammy Lynn, bitch. They're facing the artist and Paisley. And I'm like, oh, okay. Weird mixed tag. Don't do they, a lot of those. They do also note that this is Paisley's WCW in-ring debut. Yeah, you know who else's borderline ring, in-ring debut this is? Tammy's. Yeah. Did she, she not wrestle in ECW? They were only there for so long. She didn't wrestle in WWF. Like, not, well, like no real matches or I figured anything. she did something in ECW with, like, Beulah or something. I don't, I don't, I don't think so, but I can't rule it out. But, yeah, she's not a wrestler. She says she's a real lady who knows how to titillate men, unlike Paisley. Paisley has no idea what men want to see. Even but, though Paisley's pretty hot. I, also, I like her. It's not like Sunny's wearing this super sexy outfit no. either. It's like I don't even actually remember what she's wearing. It's not. Memorable. It's like a tank top and a skirt. Yeah. What um, men want is boob. Her opening line was, "Did you miss me?" Like, eh. <laughs> then commentary notes that, like, well, if uh, if if Sting vines Vampiro, we're gonna cut to that and away from this. <laughs> sure, match. sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we don't like, we don't need to see this. So Which, Matt, this was WWF. You'd have Jerry Lawler, like, pitching a fit that we'd even consider. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pitching a tent. <laughs> oh, my God. Well. <laughs> no, I feel like he would be, like, incensed if we even considered cutting away from this match. There's puppies. Yes, Jerry Lawler would, would, would do that and, like, not realizing he could just look up and watch the ring. <laughs> yeah. So, match starts. Both men are down after a double shoulder block. And Candido sells this weird. He doesn't fall for, like, a few seconds. But... Yeah, he, like, shoulder blocks the artist, and then... Takes, like, five steps and then falls. It, to the point where it looked like he fucked it up and he actually hurt himself. I thought he, like, forgot, oh, this is the spot. No, I've never seen somebody sell a shoulder block that, like, severely, I guess. So, at first, I was like, what the fuck happened? How did you... Did you hurt yourself? So, both women get in the ring and try to pin the men. They then lazily catfight, and the ref breaks it up. Tammy goes to the top rope and hits a diving crossbody to the floor under the two men. Good for her. I was like, oh, okay. She flying. The artist goes to suplex Tammy and holds her up to show off her ass. Of course he does. Candido then kicks the artist and Tammy locks in a small package for a two. I was like, oh shit. 
then get some sloppy miscommunication resulting in Candido clotheslining Paisley because both Tammy and the artist duck, but it's too many steps, so he has to like really keep going to clothesline yeah. Paisley by accident. The artist then clocks Candido and they brawl on the outside. Tammy does a sexy dance <laughs> over Paisley and then pins her. Yep. And that's the Tammy match. and Chris win. You know... Tammy was better than I thought she'd this be. This could have been significantly worse. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't insulting, though. But Tammy, like, g- was up there for, and, like, held her balance for a fucking mm-hmm. delayed vertical suplex, hit a diving crossbody. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, she did it. I mean, in both ways, she's been around. Yes, got some sunny days. Not anymore. <laughs> but, I, I, man, I'm not into the artist in Paisley as an act. Nope. So the fact that this is going to continue going, I'm like, mm. the artist is um, on life support. It feels like yeah. this character is has very much run its course, and I don't really know what else you can do with it at this point. Yeah, it's pretty dead. It's kind of dead on arrival too. Yeah, but there was something there. Like you could. There was an entrance, is what there was. Yeah. Backstage, Sting is still looking for Vampiro and comes out to the ring, and uh, Tammy and Candido are still in the ring celebrating. So. Tammy sees him, gets out of the way, and saying it's a scorpion death drop on Candido. Cuts a little promo. Uh, it's showtime. Yada yada. He says that he and Vampiro need to have another conversation. <laughs> My favorite line of the night. Well, seeing as how Vampiro is a vampire, <laughs> we're going to have a first blood match. In case you didn't get it. <laughs> he doesn't live a gothic lifestyle. He just is a vampire, apparently. No, he doesn't go for that red viscous liquid. He wants that blood. So, later tonight, we have a first blood match, and spoilers, it is our main event. It's the, yeah, it, well, it's the main event in the case that it is the last match on the card. It shouldn't be a main event. No. But it's the last match on the card. In a locker room, Canyon and DDP hype up David Arquette for his match. Do you feel like, okay, so is David Arquette just his ready to rumble character, or is he playing his ready to rumble character, do you think? How much delineation between the two do you think there actually is between David Arquette and the character? You know, admittedly, I did. I guess I didn't take too much note of it, but I never got the sense of he is Dewey. I couldn't tell you. But yeah, no, the way that I saw this was like he was trying to like revive his own character. That is like that. It's either he was trying to be the character or he was or the character was him. I could see a little bit of the second. I mean. It was really in his facial expressions and his, like, the way he hyped himself up. Well, I don't remember him ever screaming that wrestling's not fake, so clearly it's a different person. That's valid. You're right. How could I be so foolish? We then go to Team Package with Miss Elizabeth versus Chronic. 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 <laughs> I like this gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair is in pants and a t-shirt again. I'm like, bud, come on. Chronic, they just look like generic action figures. They look like toys you would get in a McDonald's Happy Meal. I, I believe know. the phrase you're looking for is muscled up statues. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But they look plastic. Yeah. But they're so shiny doesn't help, too. That Yeah, that might be a lot of it. Did you notice that Lex cut his hair a bit? I did not. So match starts. Everyone starts brawling and Stacy comes out almost immediately. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Hancock. Miss Hancock. It's Stacy. Let's relax here. Lex clotheslines Brian Clark to the floor, but then we get Buff Bagwell running out with the baseball bat. Elizabeth tries to grab it, and there's some miscommunication here because Charles Robinson goes over to yell at them, and whatever hand motion he does, the timekeeper, who we've been on record saying we hate, yes, he takes it and says, oh, well, the match ends in a DQ. It's like, look at your fucking format. Right. This match also- ends in a pin. Nothing about this run-in screamed DQ. Buff did not ever get in the ring. He never made it past the apron. He didn't hit anybody inside the ring. There was no interference. Why would this be a DQ? Yeah. See? Friend of the podcast, Charles Robinson, calling it like he sees it. Professional. I'm sorry for all the bad things I ever said about you. Admittedly, when I was watching this, I I wrote, oh, I guess DQ rules are back. (laughs) Well, I had to back it up. I had no, like, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Yeah, I luckily, I watched this before you, so I had to explain. No, 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 this is Keep them. watching, yeah. keep watching. So Lex pushes Buff off the apron, and then, this is where I noticed, there's so much room at ringside, and I don't know why. Mm. 
Mm. Do you notice this over no. by the announce table? There's two announce tables, and there's just like a fucking ocean of, of pads in between. No, I did not notice that. Yeah, that's that. weird. Oh. Shane Douglas then comes out, hits Flair with a different baseball bat. Ref doesn't see it. We get a double choke slam, a.k.a. the high time. <laughs> and Chronic, 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 chronic. get the win. <laughs> Everyone beats down Team Package as they ring the bell. And then they're, like, doing the post-match, like, posing. They're still ringing the bell. I'm like, but it's over. This match has ended. Why are we still ringing the bell as if it's a no contest or a DQ? Let it go. It's done. Chronic then attacks Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell and sends them out of the ring. And I'm like, this match was pointless and fairly heatless. Yes. But don't worry. We'll get that times, like, five later tonight. This and the first match, it felt like they were trying to squeeze so much into it. It felt like like three matches were happening at once. Yeah, and I need you to be halfway on the heels and faces thing because you, the whole point of this is trying to set up Chronic and Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell, which is just, you had both these teams beat up the fan favorite team, so I don't want to see these teams fight. Fuck both these teams. I don't want to see any of these people, period. Well, relatedly to that. Then get Mean Gene. He's here with Vampiro. Vampiro's rocking a shirt that says pain. God, he's so mysterious. Wow, so edgy. Oh, you know what else we haven't gotten in a really long time? A mean woo by God, Gene. Yeah. It's been so long. Did you did you catch the uh, massive insult that Vampiro has for Sting? No. He calls him whack. Oh. <laughs> and honestly, he cuts an okay promo for a little bit. And then it's like, I'm about to have a panic attack. Like, yeah. What? what? That just like kind of comes out of nowhere. And then his ending line, coming to my web, boy. <laughs> Which I realized I kind of slipped into um, Mac and Always Sunny there. Coming to my web, boy. Just doing the full nightman cometh. Give me that leg, boy. This promo was an oof, but not his worst recently. It was an oof. Uh, yeah. It, He's just unstable. And like, not in a cool, mysterious way, just in a like, you good, bud, kind of way. Elsewhere backstage, Eric Bischoff talks to Billy Kidman, and according to you, a mystery man. I had no idea. Who <laughs> it's Mike Awesome. Man was. Sorry. Back from commercial, Mean Gene interviews that squad. Bischoff books a tag team match between Kidman and Awesome, facing Hogan and whoever Hogan can find a team with him. And that match is right now. Yeah, that match is literally next. But before we go to that, um. Bischoff notes that the match at Slamboree between Kidman and Hogan has a special guest referee. Moi! It's me! me. <laughs> Moi! <laughs> it's a really weird delivery. It was very weird. Eric Bischoff then says that Hogan's career is coming to an end, brother. Brother man. I do love the mocking of Hogan that gets done in the show. It makes me happy. What do you mean? Local roadside hero Hulk Hogan. <laughs> brother man. So let's go to that tag team match. It's totally a tag team match. It's Mike Awesome and Kidman with Tori versus Hulk Hogan. It's like, I hope that Hogan was standing next to a friend backstage that was totally ready to go wrestle. Because they had about 30 seconds. We should ask Vampiro Brothers, the rest of the future. <laughs> Kidman comes out in a Hulkster shirt and does the ear cup. We, we hear that Flair and Luger have been taken to a local hospital. Hulk Hogan comes out in a F-U-N-B shirt. What could that mean? Well... The uh, NB stands for New Blood, and the FU, well, you can fill it in for yourself. Is he implying a bad word? I don't know. This is Hulk Hogan, the champion of the people. This is Terry Belay. Don't remember, this is Terry Belay now. Oh, right. Sorry. Now we're shooting, brother. Hogan gets stomped, getting in the ring, and then Hogan smashes their heads together. Um, I want you to take note of him getting stomped, getting in the ring, because that is about 90% of the heels' offense in this match. Hogan tees off on Awesome, and they brought ringside until coming back in, and Hogan is getting basically all the offense. Hogan whips Awesome with his weight belt and then chokes him, which, for some reason, prompts commentary to be like, Hogan's at such a disadvantage, and I think someone got in their ear because they'd be like, but I mean, he's doing fine right now, I He's guess. doing fine, and he's also wrestling like a fucking heel. Like, if this was a video game, Hogan would still be at 100% health. Yes. Although he got those stomps at the beginning. Yeah, but like enough time has passed where that like, re, like you know, Oh, you've already regenerated from that, yeah. sure. What's that Pokemon item? Hulk Hogan is holding leftovers. <laughs> Finally, Awesome gets some stomps, but then Hogan regains control almost immediately. More choking and strap shots. 
Awesome hits Hogan with the belt buckle, and then but Hogan's like, no, low blow. The face, right? You know, the guy that we should be cheering for. This, I get. I get the heel face in this. It's a lot more obvious. You get it with the one wrestler that I've been saying, hey, Hulk Hogan keeps wrestling like a heel. And you're like, no, you need to get over it. You do need to get over it. Hogan's I the face here. I stand by that. Hogan's the face here. I, I know. But this with like story wise of like the most like surface level story of it's two against one and you should be rooting for the underdog. That That, that is like surface level story. Keep in mind, the one of the two recently got basically killed in a dumpster by a car, and has his rib stick. I'm saying he's not exactly you know like a lethal opponent here. No, but again, surface level, most basic of basic storytelling. You root for the underdog, and he's not wrestling like an underdog. Hogan keeps pummeling awesome, but they manage to get some offense by double teaming, and Hogan hits a double clothesline and starts a comeback sequence. He goes to the 10-punch spot, which is actually interrupted before he can stop short of 10 and bite Mike Awesome instead. Hogan clears Kidman from the ring, and Awesome manages to hit a running splash and some safe-looking whip shots. That man man made a business decision that he did not want to get Mm -hmm. buried by Hulk Hogan and smart on him. Big boot to Awesome, and then a scoop slam, two elbow drops, and then a boot across the face. Hogan then gets in Mark Madden's face, but I couldn't hear a word of what he was bitching about. Probably do brother Jack, brother dude. Kidman hits a chair shot and uh, Hogan blades, which I was surprised he even sold it. So I didn't catch when he actually bladed, but they cut to backstage. And when they came back, he was fully red. So I assumed that he took that cutaway to like literally cut. Yeah, it was better than a few weeks ago where you literally did the slow motion of yeah. But yeah, I was surprised he even sold it. I just assumed it would somehow like make him stronger. They throw Hogan back in the ring and Awesome grabs a table. And I think the other week I asked, I'm like, has Hogan ever gone through a table? He's going through two here. Yeah. Hogan sandbags an Awesome Bomb. He's like, I am getting one foot above this table. I'm not going any higher than that. No. Again, I wonder if Hogan was like, yeah, I'll go through the table, but like, be gentle, brother. Awesome then grabs another table and we see Kevin Nash is backstage. They lay Hogan on the table and this thing bows like a foot. Yeah. Kidman hits a diving splash to Hogan through the table and does the Hogan taunt, then the leg drop, and pins Hulk Hogan. That's the whole match. We don't get any fourth person. There's nobody coming out to save him. Well, post-match. But not during the match. Like, yeah, not I was convinced partner. that Nash watching backstage, he was going to come make the I save so during too, the match. I thought so, too, and he didn't. He's still not super cleared, apparently. Well, that's what commentary said. They yelled that. Yeah, but that could be a work. I, I know, but... They yelled it. You're not supposed to think that he's okay to wrestle. The Wolfpack theme hits. Kevin Nash comes out. Nash starts fighting off both men until a Tori Wilson low blow. Remember when she got introduced by Kevin Nash and was Samantha? No. It was very confusing because the captions would list her as Samantha and Tori. Oh, oh yes. This does ring a bell. God, that seems like ages ago. They crotch Nash on the ring post and Awesome hits a chair shot to Nash's ankle. And that's the segment. Fuck this match yeah. so hard. Wait, why are you so in, so mad? You're so intensely angry. Fucking sell, Terry. That's not new. <laughs> this is the worst I've ever seen Hogan not sell in a match. I mean, yes, it was pretty bad. Like I thought this was awful. Okay. Especially when you, you're trying to elevate Billy Kidman and Mike Awesome and you made them both look terrible. Yes. Like, they look like fucking jobbers. They look like children. They look like nothings. But I didn't think that the no-selling was as egregious as clearly you did. Because, I mean, like, it's the same as it's been. Like, this isn't new. He doesn't sell. It's a two-on-one handicap match. And literally, you made commentary look stupid, too, because you're not fucking selling. You're telling me that Terry Balea is going into business for himself, brother? Oh, we had a lot more of that this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was bad. I'm not going to tell you that it wasn't bad. But, like, it wasn't any worse than, like the most recent Hogan match before this. I don't know. He's not a good wrestler. You're never going to convince me that he's a good wrestler. I feel the need to keep reiterating. Since Billy Kidman called out Hulk Hogan, Billy Kidman's only offense has been Eric Bischoff and a car. Other than that, Hulk Hogan is just killing Billy Kidman every segment they're in together. Well, because you got to make Hogan look like the strong one, of course. (laughs) Oh, man. Billy Kidman wanted to push. Not like this. Not like this, brother. 
And I bet they really did sell it to him as you're going to have this whole run with Hulk Hogan and it's going to be massive for you. Congratulations. Yeah, I really thought Billy Kidman actually got like kind of got something out of this. Because I'm like, oh yeah, he pinned Hulk Hogan. Like, that's the thing. People know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. But at what cost, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's literally. I think I, This literally might be the only time Kidman wins against Hulk Hogan. Mm. Backstage, Team Bischoff and Team Arquette head to the ring. And it's time for our setup match for a potential semi-man event. It's Eric Bischoff with Kimberly and WCW champion Jeff Jarrett versus Ready to Rumble star David Arquette with Diamond Dallas Page and Canyon. Can we talk about David Arquette's outfit real quick? Sure. David Arquette, star of Ready to Rumble, is coming to the ring wearing the shiniest pair of black leather pants you ever did see, matched with a crushed velvet Long sleeve button down shirt. I think he wears this on Thunder, so it didn't phase me because I've seen this so much. It's a fucking choice, my dude. This is a choice. I also thought it was interesting that he got a dubbed theme because his actual theme here is the cover of We're Not Gonna Take It from Ready to Rumble. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, his whole Titan Tron is what, just clips was, of It was the music movie. video. Oh, that's... A, oh, really? It's literally the music video for that song. It just song. looked like clips from the movie. They also cut to the, the female singer singing it. They did do that. You're right. That's kind of why I looked into it. Like, oh, it was that. Okay. Hmm. Match starts. Bischoff hits kicks. So Arquette hits a spear and then does the worm with crotch chops. Otis who? Scotty hmm. too hottie who? No. David Arquette doing the Sc- worm. Scotty too rumble out here. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett then pulls the referee out of the ring on the pin. DDP accidentally clotheslines the ref, and Jarrett hits a belt shot on DDP. Jarrett then gets in the ring with a guitar, and Bischoff low blows Arquette. Bischoff holds Arquette up, but it's the one thing they didn't want to happen. As Jeff Jarrett hits Eric Bischoff because Arquette ducks. Canyon runs in, clears Jeff Jarrett from the ring, and new referee Mickey J counts the pin on Eric Bischoff. So, your winner, David Arquette, and we now have a title match in a cage for later tonight. Who didn't see this coming? And who better than Canyon? Who better? Who better? And for some reason, we see Sting up in the rafters. Yeah, we just cut to him in the rafters. I guess he's overlooking for Vampiro now. Like, he's just hanging up up there. Thoughts on this match slash segment? This is really, again, a means to an end. This is getting David Arquette in the ring. It's getting them... Getting him established, I don't know. I just yeah, honestly, I thought it was quick and offensive. Like he pinned Eric Bischoff. It's not like you pinned Jeff Jarrett. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, but the worm. I do wonder where they're gonna go from here with David Arquette. Mm, yes, you. I'm sure you wonder. You have no idea. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, the worm. You wanna <laughs> have any thoughts on that before we move on? He did it well. Well, the thing is, he like started doing like part of it. I was like. Are you going to do the... Oh, you are! Okay, It the- gave more Otis than it did Scotty. Yeah. Like, that was, a, that was an Otis so worm. so smooth. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, the caterpillar is kind of intended to be kind of clunky. This was more caterpillar than it was worm. Yeah. But he even did the W-O-R-M jump. Did you get that? Did yeah. You see, I was <laughs> the livid crowd at that. For it. <laughs> I was mad at that. How fucking dare you? That is my boy. Backstage, Steiner Girl Major Guns is here to interview David Arquette, who is celebrating with Canyon. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> she becomes Major Guns, but it's one of the Steiner's ladies. I was wondering who this girl was. And this poor girl is just trying to do her damn job and ask questions. Canyon is pouring champagne down her boobs. Sticky. <laughs> Awful sensation. Ugh. Yeah, they don't really say much. Uh, Gene ends up with the heels, and Bischoff says he's a backup plan, but basically everything's breaking down with the heels. And Joe Jarrett kind of points out that, like, yeah, we would have beat him if you could fucking hold him. Like, <laughs> oh, he hit you because you couldn't hold him tight enough. Yeah. Then go to the ring, and Scott Siner coming out with two of his ladies, and he now has his sirens theme. I don't like it. Welcome to the next 20 years of Scott Siner. I am this. not a fan. You know what else I'm not a fan of? How Scott Steiner looks bigger every week. <laughs> like, he looks inflated. It's not a good look. He's huge. You know what is great to see, though? Hmm. It's back, Emily. He's the best at sex. He's the best <laughs> at sex. Uh, not as great to see. He's here to find Booker T's jive ass. Jive ass. <laughs> 
he wants revenge for last week. And um, I did like the logic here of Steiner's like, I basically know why you did it, but still fuck you for doing it. Right. So Steiner then calls Booker out and uh, heals on Rochester for a second while Booker's music hits. And Booker goes, this ain't Detroit. What does that mean? I don't know. Why is he trying to like shit on Detroit? Like, what did Detroit do? I don't know, man. Are they just in Detroit? Does he have beef with Detroit? Does Rochester have beef with Detroit? I don't know, man. Last week was just business. Steiner was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's like, I'm not apologizing. I'm my own man. But, and then, both of us heard the line in the weirder way. Booker has the line, the way we do it in New York, if we can't get along... We can just get it on. And you're like, are they going to fuck? (laughs) What kind of a match is this, Booker? Is this the Viagra on the pole we're talking about? Mm. The ladies try to distract Booker and he denies them, but is still fully distracted. So Booker warns the hoochies, as he calls them, once you go black, you never go back. Medasia slaps, slaps him. Bo- slaps yeah. the shit out of him. Yeah, so then he grabs her by the throat and like... I like that she slapped him, though. Love that. Steiner attacks Booker, but Booker counters the Harlem sidekick, and the two brawls, apparently, we have to go to commercial. Yeah, why? God forbid, why can't something we interesting. see this? That was so annoying. Then during the break, security broke it up. Yeah, we don't get to see the ending of this. It's just a security came out. Yeah, it's over. Minus the cutting away, I like the simplicity of this angle yeah. and the way it was executed. Yeah. It is very simple. It's a very simplistic storyline. It's good. But the only logical conclusion now is for those two to fuck. I mean... I don't make the rules. If you can't get along, you gotta get it on. Yeah. So much of Booker's charisma makes you not realize that these lines don't rhyme. Right? It's all about the confidence in the delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Man's charismatic as hell. What do they say the kids say these days? He's got riz. I like to say, it's on like neck bone. <laughs> no, Booker has riz. Two men who don't have Riz, Buff Bagwell and Shane Douglas are leaving, and Russo tells them that they have to go back out there, and they gotta face Chronic, 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 Chronic. Uh, tonight thanks to Russo. Listen, I'd be pissed about them too. Yeah, they're literally leaving. Yeah, they had their bags on, they were like 30 feet from their cars. Also, Russo made the deal before they came out to the ring. Russo should have fucking told them. That's on Vince Russo here. That is on Vince. Yeah, that's kind of shitty. So it's time for a tag team title match. It's Chronic, Chronic, Chronic Chronic. versus Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell with Vince Russo. Vince Russo rocking the Latrell Sprewell jersey. Congratulations. The champions made their entrance in street clothes and Russo joins commentary. All four men brawl to start and Clark works over Shane Douglas. Buff kicks Clark so Clark punches him down and Douglas hits a front falling suplex. Buff tags in, hits a swinging neck breaker and... uh, Noted Ric Flair hater Shane Douglas hits punches that are no-sold, so he begs off and then pokes Clark in the eyes. <laughs> Can't beat him, join him. We get a boring chant as they build the double tag. Oh, you know, I missed the boring chant. I can't even call it the hot tag. It's just it the double just tag. tag. They hit it, no reaction. And again, again, I'm like, it's two teams you had lay out two of your more beloved faces. You wonder why the crowd isn't into this. Yeah. Weird. I don't know, man. It's almost like you should have learned from fucking Spring Stampede when you had Buff and Shane face Harlem Heat. Or is it just that Buff and Shane are a bad team? Well, they can't get the heat on a team that nobody likes. (sighs) We get a full Nelson slam and a running punch from Adams. They go for the high time and Buff throws the referee out of the ring and then stops the move. The commentary starts talking about the legitimacy of that strategy and... Almost out of character, Scott Hudson. Oh, that's bullshit, Mark. Like, oh, I'm sorry. What, Scotty? <laughs> sorry, I was unfamiliar with your game. Scotty didn't know. It was like came out of nowhere. Like fucking potty mouth, Scott Hudson. He got heated. High time to buff, but Russo runs in, hits Brian Adams with a baseball bat, and in a bit that oh my god, it, it's up there for me for best bit because it's. They fuck it up so badly. Oh, yeah. The silly stealth. Brian Clark grabs Russo and goes to set him up for the meltdown. But the baseball bat ends up in the wrong spot. Because what the spot's going to be is Shane Douglas breaks up the meltdown with a baseball bat. The bat is dropped, like, right between the legs of Brian Clark. Shane Douglas probably could have, like, kind of gotten, reached down and gotten it. But instead, Shane Douglas is kind of hiding. And Brian Clark turns around to like let Shane Douglas go get the bat but he turns the same way Shane Douglas is walking so Shane Douglas's great solution is 
He can't see me if I crouch. <laughs> it's literally like a video game. If you want to go into stealth mode, you just like crouch and all of a sudden you're invisible. Yeah, but even the video games have the fucking eye line. That's that's true. It was so silly. <laughs> my exact wording in my notes is, the clever veteran ducks slightly not to be seen. <laughs> so he eventually works his way all the way around the ring, hits Brian Clark with a baseball bat, bad shots to both men and then the ref, and... Jesus, I like. I know it's a gimmick bat, but I'm hoping this bat is a fucking wiffle ball bat with how hard they're swinging. Oh this. yeah, he swung this hard. Buff pins Adams with Russo counting the pin, and unclear if this is a no contest or we're counting it as a win. But they seem to be counting it as a. I mean, a Buff the, and Shane win. No contest. They're still the champion, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but this match had no heat. No one cared, and no one cared about the post match angle either, because no one cares about Chronic. 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 <laughs> So far, peak chronic ain't really doing it for me. I hate that this is peak chronic. Uh, this this po- is terrible. At this point, I'm like, just fucking bring in Palumbo and O'Hare. So, the... Sorry, I know that was a joke. No, um, I'm serious. I'm like, fucking bring them in. They might be better. So, this might be a stupid question. So, it's Brian Adams and who? Brian Clark. Okay, so it is two Brian. Yes. That's confusing as fuck. <laughs> is one of these men Rhino? No. I see this the resemblance. Okay. Brian Clark does look kind of like Rhino. He's the former Wrath and Adam Bomb. Wrath. I think I'm thinking of Wrath. Yes. Okay. No, so but I yeah. Like, I know you. Definitely, I see how you get to Rhino. Yeah. Brian Adams is also the original Kiss Demon. But Brian Adams was in the black and white. Yes. Yes. The B team. You asked me this last time, too. Yes. I, no, I knew that. I know Brian Adams was in the B team. I know that. I don't remember him looking like that. But I remember the name. He does look a little. Like he a looks a little more roided up here. Now I'm thinking in like the face, like his facial hair is kind of weird. Yeah, he has a beard but no mustache, which I always hate that look. So Emily, do you want to guess the first note I have for our next segment? Fuck me. Fuck me! It's Tank no, Adams. Right. <laughs> he has a mic. Calls out Goldberg, or should Sorry, I who? say? Bill Ghostberg. Fucking got him. I hate that. So he's gonna kick someone's ass tonight because Goldberg isn't here. He goes over to ringside and then over to the WW.com table and attacks Bob Ryder. Oh no, not our beloved Bob Ryder. Somehow. This is the worst bit of the show. Oh, okay. We do agree to disagree here. Tank Abbott with a microphone, ironically, tanks the show. Tank Abbott should never have a microphone. Stop giving this man the time of day. Stop putting him on the mic. Stop putting him in the ring. Get him the fuck out of here. I don't want to see his stupid goatee beard anymore. He's bad. So, Emily, who comes to the rescue of Bob, of Bob Ryder? Ugh, our boy Jeremy Borash. Yes! I, was like, I had to be like, you just saw him in TNA. You're like, oh yeah! Jeremy Borash tries to save Bob, but Tank kills him too, and then Bill Banks. I'm like, yeah. I hate this shit. So, I can't. What do they want Tank Abbott to be? It's going to get even messier in the next few weeks. If you're Bischoff, if you're Russo... Why are you putting Tank Abbott on television? You're just stalling for Goldberg to come out to come kill him. And admittedly, you were doing a better job with that when you were having him knock guys out in one punch. Yeah, this is stupid. He's going and beating up nothing, guys. I think that, like, what he's going for is, like, I'm beating up, like, innocent people. Like, that's, he's, like, innocent victims, whatever. So that Goldberg can come back and be the hero. But when you're, like... Every week, and there hasn't even been a whisper of maybe Goldberg coming back. This is just stupid. I'm wondering how much they really are regretting him losing to Sid. Because if he has an undefeated streak, then you could have kept doing matches and have it make sense. Yeah. Like him, even though you just did that with Sid. But, um... Well, Sid's not on this show. Yeah, Sid's just gone for a little bit, I guess. Taking some time. Maybe he's going to hang out with his son. He's playing softball. Maybe. Let's go to our WCW World Title Cage match, not our main event tonight. It's DDP versus Jeff Jarrett coming out with Vince Russo. I'd like to note that there are 15 minutes left on the timeline on Peacock. We have this match, and we still have the first blood match. Yeah, commentary has to like note, like, hey, keep watching after this match because there is the first blood this match. This isn't the main event, though it should be. I did note. With how unimportant Jeff Jarrett feels right now, are we sure it's not Kimberly in this match? 
Might as well be. I mean. So this is an an enclosed cage, which is kind of interesting. I don't necessarily. It's too low. I don't like cages with roofs. Like, it kind of kills a lot of the, the like, sight line, really. Like, it does fuck up the cameras. It makes it harder for the wrestlers to do interesting moves. Like, having a roof on the cage is incredibly limiting. Do you feel the same way with Hell in a Cell, or...? No, because the hell in the cell is higher. Yeah. So it doesn't fuck up the sight line as badly, and it still allows for those fun moves. Yeah. It, the one cool thing of this, though, was that DDP goes to the, like, do his entrance on top of the cage. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, you can do that. But we yeah. saw people do that in TNA. Yeah, true. I mean, you can still do that. Well, that was one that had a roof on it. Yeah, I know. So you still can do that just with a roof that's higher. Like, if you're adamant on the roof, like, we can we can bump it up. This this is also an issue with like the war the original war games too like yeah. it, it was just too low like people go to do power bombs and it's like oh you literally like can't exactly you can't even do a simple move like a power bomb that's not even like a top rope move page attacks Jared on the outside and then they go into the crowd in a cage match that's a first oh my god yeah they use weapons in a very similar spot to what they did at Spring Stampede where they go brawl to like a little weapon area. They actually have the cameras for it this week, but... Yeah, they actually get cameras to follow them as opposed to getting that weird, like, crane shot. Yeah. They brawl to the stage and then back down the ramp and use the guardrails as weapons. They finally get into the ring and Jeff Jarrett hits some stomps. TDP throws Jarrett into the walls of the cage and a 10-punch spot is interrupted with a low blow. Jarrett then throws DDP into the cage wall twice, and but Paige starts to come back and signals for the diamond cutter. And Mike Awesome tries to get in the ring as Jeff Jarrett hits a DDT. Diamond cutter to Jared and Awesome rips the door off the hinges, which was just lifting it admittedly. Yeah, that <laughs> sounded more impressive than it actually was. Yeah. Awesome goes to break up the pin. Charles Robinson counts to two. Mike Awesome stops his arm. Canyon then attacks Mike Awesome. So Robinson just goes, okay, three. It doesn't really continue the count. It doesn't restart the count. No, just which like, I no. think he should. I think that's kind of why it was weird. He just like continued. So DDP pins Jeff Jarrett and your new WWE champion. Diamond Dallas, Dallas Page. Page. As it should be. The world is correcting itself. David Arquette comes out to celebrate as they go through the crowd as we get the kind of iconic shot. Like that is the that is like the big shot of, of DDP holding the WWE title. It's yeah. him in the crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I've, I've seen that shot. I don't think I realized it was this shot though. Yeah. Oh, shit. This match itself wasn't anything too special it's a nice moment for ddp it would have been better if it was longer it would have been better if there was no roof on the cage it would have better if it was the main fucking event yeah i think that takes a lot away from this match yeah because this is a nice cathartic moment of ddp winning the title and it's like this is a huge storytelling moment more than anything yeah i mean ddp winning over jeff jarrett like that's a big deal and it's like, no, we have to cut away to commercial because we have another match yeah for like five minutes really undercuts it so yeah, our main event match is Sting versus Vampiro in a first blood match. Vampire. And yeah, there's five minutes left with entrances. Yeah, so less than five minutes to do this whole match. I'm like, is Vampiro going to pull a knife on Sting to just, like get the blood? Because what else are you going to do to get blood this quickly? Well, to save time on an entrance, Sting repels down onto the ramp a lot slower than yes. last week and takes a lot longer to get the harness get off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hmm. They brawl in the ring and Sting clotheslines Vampiro to the floor. Sting keeps throwing Vampiro to the floor repeatedly. And yeah. they just kind of keep doing a rinse and repeat. He then removes his jacket to show the harness. Yeah, no mystique there. Sting then throws Vampiro to the floor again. Again. Then Vampiro gets on the announce table and does a throat slash motion. <laughs> and then a shit ton of blood (laughs) just drops from the ceiling onto Sting in the ring. So that's why this is the main event. Because because this ruins the the ring. (laughs) I kind of loved it. Vampiro hits a nail in the coffin into the puddle. Oh, it's so gooey. It's everywhere. Shane Douglas, Buff Bagwell, Billy Kidman, and Chris Candido come out to beat down Sting. He's as, already covered in blood. As everyone's trying not to slip in the blood. Oh and God. I swear Sting is ribbing these guys because he's crawling all over them, getting blood everywhere. Oh, Scott Sider comes out, wants nothing to no. do with this. Like, fuck you, I'm not it's getting involved. It's so gross. But honestly, the visual of all that blood dumping, I could watch that every day. I loved it. I thought that was an amazing shot. We will get that spot a good handful more times. Oh, that ruins it. Well, it's going to be the new blood. Ugh. 
Emily, I will tell you, I think it happens on Thunder, so we'll have to find the clip when we cross it. They go to do that at one point, and they miss. <laughs> and I actually, I think they miss multiple times. See, that's <laughs> what was fantastic about this. It hit the mark perfectly. So the heels hook Sting back into the harness and raise him back up. So you just have this bloodied corpse of a man just like, like over, the crowd. over the crowd. Ew. And I don't know what it was with the cable, but Sting just is just spinning. spinning the whole time, like kind of fast. Too. Oh my god! And they raise so him up, funny. and um, that's kind of the striking visual to send us off the airs. Yeah, Sting. That's not being hung, but not being hung, but like. I don't know how else you say it. Yeah. Swinging over the crowd. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I'm split because the blood dropping is. I it, love it, the shot cool, of the blood, but it's like I've seen the brood kind of do the same thing before. So the fact that it's a rehash, it's like mm. I loved when the brood did it. I know, but it's just Vince Russo reusing More his shit. More red viscous liquid. In the fact that you know, Vampiro is a vampire and Gangrel lived a gothic lifestyle. It's like <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a little split on on that. And it wasn't a good match. It was. It, a it, good, it wasn't. It, it was a good visual. Yeah. It it sucks that you're telling me that that's gonna happen multiple times. I don't think they're gonna raise Sting up like that again. But they're gonna do the blood drop. No, again. the blood drop. I wanted that to be like a one and done. That's why it was so good with the brood because it it's not an every time thing. I know what. Like, I guess there's a little bit here. Like, they sell the blood drop like it's poison. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know we'll get this a couple more times. I, I don't really know when. That's the one thing. I don't have that kind of mapped out. But oh, Okay, so it'll be a surprise. Yeah. Thoughts on this show as a whole? It was fine. Yeah, this was definitely not a bad show. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was filler. It was a means to an end. Like, now we have more stories to go into next week. It did actually feel like stories progress yeah, a little exactly. bit. And not like, oh, well, you know, we're here this week. Right. Fortunately or unfortunately, we're not going to see what what happens on the next Nitro for a little while. It'll be a minute. Once again, we're taking a pseudo break from Nitro. Because next up is Thunder. Right. So we'll get to see a little bit of like the aftermath of this. I know. It's so weird that we're doing a Thunder. What could possibly happen on the next Thunder that would be severe enough Nick, to warrant us watching? it? stop. Ugh. Yeah. Up next is the David Arquette Thunder. It's that one. He wins the title. It's happening. Spoilers! <laughs> it's happening on the next episode. Spoilers. And after that, we have a whole shit ton of bonus episodes. Because it'll finally be our 100th episode! I know. 100 episodes! We will announce all of that programming at the end of the Thunder episode. Yeah, so we have a lot of programming slated and planned for the next few months. It's it's all good stuff. Like, it's going to be a good quarter of shows. Yeah. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I think it's going to be pretty damn good. Well, speaking of pretty damn good, I think we need to go into best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit of the show? Listen, I'm a simple woman. I love a bucket of blood. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Nothing else really stood out to me as the best, so I'm giving it to the blood drop at the end. I loved it. You know, man, I am struggling for best. See, bit. there was nothing that was like there was no match that was standout. There was no promo that was standout. Nothing really like I don't know caught my. I always hope that something is going to catch me when we're doing these recording sessions, and it just didn't. Yeah, I think I'll give mine to the, the Steiner Booker segment for it, its effectiveness sure. and simplicity. Yeah, I mean, I I might give it the blood drop if. There wasn't the weird bullshit match around it. Yeah. That's why it's a bit. I'm not giving it to the match. I'm giving it to the blood. Uh, Emily, do you have a worse bit? Fuck Tank Abbott. Tank Abbott. I fucking hate Tank Abbott. He will always be my worst bit whenever he is on the screen. Fuck that man. Yeah. uh, I don't think a lot of surprise based on talking about it. Mine's Hulk Hogan versus Mike Austin, Billy Kidman. Yeah, you got mad. Fuck Terry. Well, Yes. And Emily, who's your MVP? I think it's pretty clear. It's DDP. Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah. really other choice. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Of, uh, you know what? DDP, for wanting to work through his marital issues and not just giving up on the marriage. <laughs> You're giving him MVP for being a pseudo good husband. And, you know, him winning the title and having yeah. a nice moment in the match and yada yada. Okay. Yeah, DDP. More like DD me. Well, if you want to follow DD me and Emily on... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> 
oh, no. on social media. You can do it at Butts in the Pod on X and Instagram and Threads. Butts the Seats Podcast on Facebook. Also, listen to all of our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Good job. It went out of order this time and threw me You out. did. Yeah. It kind of fucked me off, too. So coming soon to the Patreon, depending on when you listen, this might already even already be out. It's the next installment of Butts in the Cinema. Butts in the Cinema. We're going back to the movies. And Emily, what are we watching? Well, you know, there's this really wonderful wrestling movie out in theaters right now. It's a really like dramatic, dark tale about a cursed family. Which we did. We did see. So we're watching the Marine. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing the Marine for Butts in the Cinema. <laughs> We also recently did our first episode of the new Monday Night Wars. Everything old is new again in TNA Impact. Some things never change. Patreon.com slash butts in the seats. $5 a month gets you all those episodes and upcoming stuff. I think it's a grand old time over there. But Grand old time. But obviously all of the main timeline stuff will continue to be free on the main feed. Always. Emily, any closing thoughts before our next episode of The David Arquette Thunder? No, I don't know. I don't even know what to think. Well, this is like the biblical times of WCW. This is the time of WCW. Like people know is fucking David Arquette. But until the prophecy is realized, oh I'm my Nick. God, I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. <laughs>